chapter 5 and verse 19. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so, shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Everybody say great. Turn to Matthew 25. Find verse 21. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the joy that I've experienced even this morning, seeing people just rejoicing in who you are, and the exuberance in worship, and the presence of your Spirit, the liberty that's in this place, the many testimonies of deliverance and healing and protection. God, we pray this morning. We pray this morning again for the 425th. Lord, we ask now in the name of Jesus. Come on, Sergeant Hodges, you lead us just for a moment. Come on, my house is a house of prayer. Let's pray for the 425th. Lord, just thank you for the uh, 425th Airborne Brigade Combat Team, Lord, wherever they may be in all the provinces that we are over there. Lord, just continue to keep the men and women, Lord, in your, in your arms or protection, Lord. Just continue to, to bless them, Lord, and go all the missions, Lord, that we're called to do, Lord, uh, safely, Lord. Jesus. Just continue to allow everyone to know that it is not them, but it is you that keeps us safe, Lord, and, and, let, and let us accomplish all the missions that we do. Lord, just continue to bless them, and, and, and if next and upcoming months, Lord, see them home safe, Lord. Just bless the families that have lost the... The soldiers are, and just let them know that it's, it's, it's nothing that they've done, but Lord Jesus, it's just time for God calling them home, Lord Jesus. Continue to bless all our families and loved ones. We ask like things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And bless the hearing and the preaching of your word. Release all that you want to release today in Jesus' name. All of precious people said amen. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord woke me up at four in the morning. It's not my favorite thing to get up at four. Uh, but I know when God wakes me up, I had about three and a half hours of sleep and was looking for a little bit more rest than that. But God had another plan. He woke me up, I began to hear some comments that I had personally made to people and I began to get corrected and instructed by the Spirit of God. Now before I get into what those comments were, let me say this to you. We're in the middle of a series called Returning to the Ancient Paths. The series has been birthed out of an experience I had with the Lord where He spoke to my heart and He said, Return to the Ancient Paths. That comes from Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16. And so the ancient paths for Jeremiah, the same ancient paths for us, is serving the Lord with all our heart, all our mind, our soul, and our strength. God has a way that's right. And then there's a worldly way. Then there's a highway of idolatry. And if we don't understand which is the right way, you know, we're going to have issues. We have issues anyway, frankly. And so we've been doing this series. Now, at four in the morning, I woke up and I heard my own conversation that I had had a number of times during the past week. 
And it was a, a, a statement of praise, but I heard something else in it. This was a statement I made, and, it, and it's true. I'm 46 years old, and I'm moving into my first house. And it's true. I'm 46, and I'm, I'm moving into my own home. It's, it'll be done by the time the snow flies. It's a miracle. Actually, it's pretty funny. It's a, it's a house that was built, and we, we got it moved. And uh, I don't know if you've been here for any length of time, but I frequently play, Lord, pray, Lord, bless us houses we didn't build. Vineyards, I'm moving into a house I didn't build. Somebody say hallelujah. And so I heard this, yeah, I'm 46, I'm finally moving into my own home. Now I've said that probably three times in the past two weeks. I woke up at four in the morning and I heard that. I thought, what are you saying? And the Lord began to deal with me. You see, there's apparently... Something I have to bring myself back to. I have to realign myself. I have to come back to an ancient path of understanding what real success is. Because in this statement, I'm 46, I finally get to move into my own house, is kind of like a downer statement. In other words, yeah, I'm a late bloomer. Yeah. Well, finally, well, I get to move my own house. And as I went over this and over this, I began to think about my life. And I began to think about how I've so desired to do something great for God. And there was a time in my life not long ago where I was very discouraged. Because in my mind, something great for God wasn't what was happening for me. And so what's happened is basically I began to define myself based on a secular humanistic view of what success is, of what it is to become great. Now everyone here, whether you want to admit it or not, you want to be successful, you want to be great. You can't repent of that. That's something that God's placed on the inside of you. That is a desire, a yearning that you have that even the Lord spoke about there in Matthew 5 and verse 19. Whoever wants to become great, everyone wants to become great. It is, it is because the greater one lives on the inside of you. You can't repent of that yearning, that desire. What we need to repent of, however, is trying to get it done the wrong way. And a misconception about what becoming great is. What is success? As I said, a humanistic worldview which we're surrounded by. Culture defines success as power and influence. Finances, perhaps. Fame or fortune. Recognition from people. That is what the world says is success. The love of the world grows... The prettier or the more handsome you are, the more money you have and the more power and influence you have, the love of the world grows. That is not... Biblical success. And if in your life you don't have a clear understanding of what becoming great is, or clear understanding of what being successful is in the kingdom, God's definition, then you will suffer pain and disillusionment, and you will have a painful, disappointed life because you will wonder why you never felt the satisfaction 
of achieving your goals. And you can talk to anybody that's, that's, that's had that at the aim of their life and they've gotten the millions and millions or billions. They still lie in their bed at night, many of them, tormented, wondering where the end of the rainbow is. The answer to your problem is not more money. The answer to your problem is, is not more fame or fortune. The answer to your problem, satisfaction, can't get, no, 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 no. Yeah, you can't get satisfaction in the world. It's probably the one thing that makes Jagger head right. I don't know about the rest of it. Lord help him. A biblical definition is found in Matthew twenty-five, twenty-one. Now God invites all of us to do something great for Him. And written upon your heart is the desire to do something great. And really... God is calling each and every one of us here to fulfill a purpose that He has for our entire life. And your life now, you might live a hundred years. But it's just an internship. This is not it. This is not the end of the end. This is a training for ruling and reigning. This is, this is a training ground. You're, you're in an internship. You're like, what? I'm in a what? Yeah, 500 years from now, you're going to be alive. 500 years from now, you will be, you'll be alive with a heavenly body. If you're in Christ. If not, you'll be begging for a drop of water, but we can remedy that by the end of the service. You will stand before a judgment seat of Christ, and you will hear, hopefully... What Matthew 25 says in the parable of the the servants and the talents, well done, good and faithful servant. How many of you would like to hear that? Success in the kingdom is hearing that in the end. And by hearing that, what Jesus does is He brings a definition of how we should find greatness and success in this life, in this age, that will bring us a reward and greatness in in the age to come. I've said it before, and it's kind of funny, but I mean, you can imagine getting there, and you're standing before the throne, and God says, what? What happened? Well? What happened? Instead of, well done, you hear, well, what? I've given you everything you need for life and godliness. Now what? You're standing here, you're talking to me, what? I told you. But Lord, Lord, did we not cast out devils in your name? Ooh. Get away from me, I never knew you, he says. They're thrown into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. The statement that was repeating over and over in my head. I'm 46. I'm finally able to get into my own home. I mean, I've been renting. Do you understand the concept? There's an opinion that the Lord put his finger on the inside of me and said, that is not my thinking about you. And I thought, oh, snap. I'm busted. Along with about seven-eighths of you. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching, kid. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14, if any, anyone's work which he has built on, it endures, it will receive a reward. See, God has an invitation for all of us to become great in His kingdom, but His greatness is not about money. And it's not about fame or fortune or influence or power or politics. It's not about any of that stuff. 
And if you don't get this right, you need to, you need to realign yourself. You need to get onto the ancient path of really understanding what biblical greatness is. Because if you don't, let me just tell you what I've been through. Let me tell, I mean, I'm a young man. I'm 46. Right? I'm not 86. And I'm 46. I know that's young, but let me tell you the pattern that I've seen in the lives of my friends that are older and in my own life. When I was 18, I was handsome, man. I had it going on. Oh, yeah. I was just ripped and stuff with big hair, just awesome, cool car, drove the BMW. I, I had a cell phone when, you, when it was expensive to have cell phones. Yeah, I thought it was all that in a bag of chips with three Coca-Colas. I had the world by the end of the tale was making lots of money by the time I was 21 and dead as a, as a sepulcher, filled with dead man's bones, miserable, filled with brokenheartedness and, and hatred and bitterness. As I was growing, even when I was a little one, I had this dream. I always knew I was going to do something great. I thought I'd be president or something. Come on, some of you have some crazy ideas too. I thought I would, you know, I thought then, well, no, I'm going to be the CEO of just gazillions of dollars. You just have so much wealth. And all these revisions of grandeur that I had. And really, the essence of it was from God, but my definition of it was wrong. And so I got into my 20s. It really didn't work out too well in my 20s. I don't know how your 20s worked out, but mine, mine were rough. Rough. Rough, rough. And I was able to get through that and get delivered by the grace of God and wound up in my 30s. I go, well, well I, you know, I, I'm a late bloomer. So that greatness thing, and now I'm saved and on fire for God in my 30s, that great thing, it wasn't the CEO and lots of money, although God might do that. That's not it. It's about the kingdom of God, right? I'm going to grow a church. Mega. Huge impact the nations. And these dreams that it's going to do this huge thing, but it just seemed to get going a little slow. And you know, my thirties sort of rolled on. It was good. We saw some things happen. A few headaches healed. You know. So some people saved, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But that great thing that I desired, I, I'm thinking, well, I was after all a late bloomer, so it's, you know, not quite happening in my 30s. God knows, hallelujah. It's got timing. must be my 40s. When all the while, the Lord was after something on the inside of me that has nothing to do at all with ministry impact, and when I say ministry impact, apply it to your own life. If you're a plumber, you have a ministry, it's plumbing. And you, you, you serve God in the industry of plumbing. Maybe you're a teacher, maybe you're, maybe you're a businessman, maybe you're a physician, maybe, you know, maybe I, I don't know, maybe you're a substitute teacher or, or a construction worker or a laborer. Every one of us, if you're saved, you've got Jesus on the inside, you've been born again, you've, you've been grafted in, you've repented of your sin, and you've asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You have a ministry, whatever it is, the, the whole lay thing, the whole lay, lay, lay minister, that's rubbish. Everyone is supposed to be a minister. Everyone is supposed to lead in whatever capacity, gifted, gifts and talents that you have. You're supposed to use those. And so I started thinking, 
yeah, I'm going to do something great for God, but the ministry impact isn't quite what I thought it would be. Now, I've had a shift. I shifted probably over a year and a half ago, honestly, just being honest. I, I, I struggled with, with identity. Not identity in Christ. Well, I guess it is a little bit of I, I, I'm just, like I said, your notes are all messed up. I struggled with this view that greatness in God brings ministry impact and influence and power and authority and finances. Can I tell you something? That's not true. It is not true. It is not God's definition that you, you, you have, have great dreams. Come on, somebody say dream big. Yeah, dream big. If the dream that you have, you can see yourself doing it just you. That's not big enough. Dream big. But if your identity and who you are is being victorious and successful is tied up in ministry impact, you've missed it. You see, that's a byproduct of really loving God with all your heart. And having your identity in Him, there comes a fruitfulness in ministry out of an intimacy with God. And I, I, I'd said this before, but I heard it recently. And In fact, that, that 4 in the morning is probably about 4.15 after I got beat up with my little comment about my house and being 46. I began to recall different statements that were made by people even during that past week. And a pastor that said to me not long ago, said, you know what, if i got to pastor a church of 50, 100 people, I ain't quitting. I am never going to pastor a church of 50 or 100 people. I can't take it. God, I didn't call me to pastor a small church. I ain't going to do this no more. I can't take it no more. I thought, oh, God, help him. And then I realized, huh, I've said the same thing. Jesus, help me. In this parable, in this parable here in Matthew 25, and the whole parable is from verse 14 to 30, you see these three virtues, if you will. And these three virtues are really God's definition of what success is. And if while you're whatever age you're at, you'll realign your life if you're not lined up now. You get the plumb line. You know what a plumb line is? You get a plumb line of the Word of God to find out if you're plumb, if you're true. Some of you are a bubble off. How many of you ever worked a level before? Okay, a level is a device that shows if something's level. To be a bubble off means it needs to be adjusted. I was a bubble off this morning and the Spirit of God said, you're not doing that, you stop that. Now, I've had this revelation, but apparently it did stick. Or I'm just going to go to the next level. And I'm just being transparent with you, because I will tell you what. Many people have suffered great pain and disappointment, because in their 20s they had these dreams, or even when they were teenagers they had these dreams. They get to their 20s, it's a little delayed to get to their 30s. It still didn't happen, so they're figuring, well, I just need to tarry more. I need to work harder. I need to do the thing, and they work, and they get to their 40s. It still didn't happen. And they're thinking, man, God, God? Is there something wrong, God? And they get to their 50s, and then they realize, man, there's something's wrong with me, I think. Or, the other side of it is, you actually get the minister to 10,000 people, and, and, and Amazon is, a, you know, your book is a number one download on Amazon, and you have more contracts and success, and you, you know, it just spreads abroad, or favor everywhere, or political influence, and you get your dream comes about, but you lie in your bed at night and you go, Jack, if this is it, i got the short end of the stick. And you end up with a lot of money and a bank full of cash or whatever and influence and power, but you realize, man, this is, this is, I'm empty. I'm empty. 
You see, God has greatness for you and I. But His definition of great is doing His Word and in the end, hearing, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Let's talk about good. What does that mean? Now, if that's God's definition of success, I mean, that's like the big bonus, the award. You get the award, you're standing there. Jesus says, yes, well done, good, faithful servant. What is it to be good? Pure in your motives. It really means to be like God. God is the only one that really is good. There is good and there is evil. So if God's definition of success is to hear well done and good and faithful servant, I think we ought to work on it right now. As opposed to working our fingers to the bone to achieve something that's just going to get burned up later on. It's a good place to say amen. So what is it to be good? It points to goals, motives. And I think reduced, it's, it's really loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and loving people. That's what it is. Nowhere in all of Scripture are we exhorted to be wealthy. Listen to me. Nowhere in all of Scripture are we exhorted to be wealthy and famous. It's not in there. In fact, the word prosperous is not... It might have finances in there, but mostly it's a wellness of soul. Come on, the Apostle Paul said, I've, I've learned what it is to be a base, to be without, and to be with plenty. It refers to our intentions to love God and to love people. So how are you doing in the area of being good? How are your motives? You see, while the concrete's still wet, you need to settle this. Because otherwise you'll be tormented in your life. Thinking that maybe you've never accomplished anything or being deceived when you actually attain some kind of big goal that the world says is big and thinking actually that's something. It's nothing. What really means something is becoming more like Jesus and leaving an impact in this generation for the kingdom's sake. That's what matters. So the first thing is, is to be good. The second thing is to be faithful. It's, it's synonymous, really, or interchangeable with being diligent. Faithfulness. You know, here in King's Chapel, in fact, I should say King's Cathedral and Chapels, we don't ele- ever elevate anybody based on gifts. You could have all kinds of gifts. That it's not a criteria for being elevated and used in leadership here. Ever. Although I have made some mistakes to my own pain. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that what we, the way that we elevate is the way that God elevates. We see it in Scripture. Faithfulness and loyalty, He promotes it. So when I'm a personal testimony. My wife and I, well, I can't say for her. She's real smart. But I mean, I came to the game really missing a few marbles. A couple sandwiches short of a picnic. All my doggies weren't barking. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Elevator didn't go all the way to the top. Yeah, little Dane bramaged. And I don't know how it happened, honestly. I just kept coming. Now, you couldn't, you couldn't get me out of church no how, no way. I just kept coming. I think we missed church once. I thought I was going to fall into hell. My, my theology wasn't, wasn't correct. But I got that straightened out. But I started realizing, I don't, why would I ever want to miss the greatest party in town? And so we just, we just never stopped coming. 
And we kept coming and, and serving and, and showing up and getting corrected. I hate that part. But then I realized, no, that's good. I've got some stuff that needs to be corrected. Come on. Those whom the Lord loves, He chastises. He corrects. Did you know what I went through at four in the morning though I missed my sleep? I just, just I'm on the front row in the first service. I'm just like, I'm your son. Woo! I got spanked by God. Hallelujah. Woo! Some of you need a spanking. Faithfulness. We elevate people based on faithfulness. You do what you say you're going to do. You show up on time. You keep your word even when it hurts. You do the right thing. You shake your hand. You shake somebody's hand. It's a covenant. You keep your pledge. You show up. You work hard. You use your gifts. Now, you know what's great? You're not going to be held accountable for the gifts that you don't have. I used to want other people's gifts. I know I'm probably not the only one here. But I would see people like T.D. Jakes, and I'd be like, man, that guy can preach. I thought, what do I, I was like at the back of the line or something, God, but you come on. And then I've had people tell me, I just won't preach like you. I'm like, what? You know, in this revelation, you know, nobody's supposed to preach like anybody else. You're supposed to, you're the best you there is. Be yourself. You're not supposed to have the gifts that somebody else doesn't have, and you won't be accountable for the gifts that they have that you don't. Did you follow that? You will be held accountable for the gifts that you do have. And whether you cultivate... You know, I, I've wanted to play guitar for the longest time. No, I have. But really, I didn't really want it. Because if I really wanted to, I would have. See, some of you are looking for change, but you don't really want it. I'll be right back. Praise the Lord. Amen, Pastor. That's some good preaching right there. Come on, say it! Say it! So I have, I have had a, a weak desire... To learn to play the guitar. But somehow, when I went to the village and my, my, my crackberry got taken away from me or whatever it is, my smartphone, that's not all that smart, I got separated from my email, text, my, uh, my Facebook, which I use for evangelistic purposes, Twitter. I mean, my hand was just like, I think, I think the first day, I was just like, ah, I was like a bondage. And then I finally just said, Jesus, take this from me. And I turned it off and threw it in my bag. But it's no sense to even look for my charger. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Where's my charger? We're training people to be ADD. You know that. Yeah, so you notice you can only concentrate in spurts of about 15 to 30 seconds now, right? You notice. Okay, all right. So I, you know, my, 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 my phone's gone. Hallelujah, there was a guitar. And so I sat there and hurt people, I'm sure, through my playing. And Heidi was there and showed me a couple chords. I came home and I continued to be faithful to play playing. I'm going to be on the worship team one day if you let me. I got... Check it out. Check it out. Huh? Check it. Oh yeah, huh? Huh? I got calluses now. 
you saying, Pastor Daniel? I'm telling you that God wants to use you powerfully. He wants to use you to be an expression of His grace, an expression of His power in the earth. He wants to make you great. It is His intention to elevate the people of God and put such favor and blessing on them. But it only comes when you have things, priorities right. If it becomes an idol for you that you'll feel satisfied when you get the money. You'll feel satisfied when you can play the guitar. You'll feel satisfied when you're in front of 10,000 people leading worship or the big contract or you become a lawyer or you get into politics. It's all a bunch of bunk. Now, when you love God with all your heart and you make that, you set Him to be your course, to set your gaze upon Him, to, to fix your thoughts upon Him. And you, you endeavor to be good and to be faithful. Use your gifts. Work hard. Show up on time. Stay late. You be faithful. God just might raise you up to touch the world. I love what Mike Bickle says. 99.999% of the people in the body of Christ aren't going to do any mega thing great, but all of us together will do something great. You know, the Billy Graham, you know, I don't think Billy Graham, maybe he had great dreams. I'm sure he did. God sovereignly selected him and praise the Lord, he's... He's running the race. Praise God. He didn't fall. Man of integrity. Come on, somebody say praise God. There's a few out there. There are some that have blown it. But I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think he strived to, to become you know, one of the largest evangelists in the history of the world. I think he strove to be like Christ. And the Lord knows. What are you setting your gaze, your gaze at? What are you going for? Some of you have an opinion that you should be somewhere else and you're not there and then you're all irritated and you're, 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 you're torn down and you're wondering like, well, I'm 46 and I finally get to buy my own house. Apparently I had some opinion that you should have a house earlier. You see, that's the rebuke that the Lord gave me. What opinion do you have about yourself? That's not from God. I'm preaching better than your amen. You need to hear this. Those of you that are 20 years old, you make this your aim. Not the big CD. Why? Not the big worship leading thing. It's good to have dreams and desires. I'm not saying that. But the main thing, the main thing is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. To be good. To be faithful. Show up on time. Use the gifts, the talents you have. If you're not faithful, God can't build on that. Some of you wait like, oh, Lord, how come it's taking so long? He's like, yeah, I'm waiting. You know, you've got to deny yourself. Our notes are no good. You can use the back for scratch or something. I don't know. Some of you are like, where is he? I don't know. Is he on, is he on Roman World 3 or 2? Or... I don't know. I got, I got 12 pages up here. I don't know where I'm at. I think we're on servant. And I have no idea where that's on yours, okay? Then the third thing is, is to be a servant. Everybody say, be a servant. That is helping other people when it doesn't mean zip to you and your little goal. That means helping others when you're not going to get a pat on the back, an applaud, an award, any accolades of man. You're not going to get any of that. And it's really just serving because you love God and you love people. That's what we're supposed to do. How are you doing? How's your serve? Jesus came. He stepped out of time and space. 
He put on robes of flesh. And He walked the earth. Humbled Himself to become a man. You, we just can't even imagine what that is. To step out of glory. Just can't even imagine. To step into this cesspool of the earth. He came to serve, not to be served. And it is amazing to me that God the Father orchestrated His own Son crucifixion. So if God the Father orchestrated His own Son's crucifixion, it would make sense that if He would do that to His own Son, He would love you enough to orchestrate yours. I'm not preaching some strange theology. I'm just making a play on words that is, you need to pick up your cross. I need to pick up my cross daily and follow Him. What does that mean? That means being good. Dying to your agenda. You can't have your agenda and have God's. Now, when you mature in God, and hopefully one day I'm going to get there. (sighs) Hallelujah. When you mature, and I'm thankful I'm not where I used to be then your agenda really becomes God's agenda. And you can say that as much as you want, but I mean, only God knows when that really happens. And if you have an agenda apart from God's, He's orchestrating the death of that thing. That's what I'm saying. So that you could be great. So that you could have real success. So that He would get glory and use you as a trophy of His grace. And anybody who looks at your life and sees what you've been through and see where you are, and though you're slapped or spit on or rejected and despised, you still smile, you still wave your hand and still declare that God is King. You still come turning the other cheek, dying to yourself. You know, the benchmark of Christianity is in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. The Sermon on the Mount. That's the standard, people. That's the standard. And yet the Sermon on the Mount is hardly ever preached. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be a servant. So you've got to continually bring yourself back to that ancient path of that. That is what God defines as, as success. And been faithful in a few things. Let's look here. I'm just going to go for a moment longer. Heidi, would you come on the piano for me, please? Been faithful in the few things. It's irritating, but God's method that He would give you teeny weeny first. Itsy bitsy, small. And I, I've always wanted the big. Does anybody relate? And he says, just do this. But Lord, I, give me the Mac Daddy. Give me the big thing. Stay humble. You're not humble now. Don't. (laughs) Lord, I'll stay humble. You're not humble now. He says. Oh yeah. Help me. 
people get messed up because they have this little thing and they don't think it means anything. Can I tell you something? Your little corner of influence and the thing that God's given you, your marriage, your marriage means more to God than any multitude that you might try to reach if you lose your family. There was a time in my life when I put everybody first and put this lady last. I will never do it again. Never. And yet even in that declaration, there are times that creep back in. And all of a sudden, I found I'm caring more, bending over backwards, more giving more to people that aren't going to give a flip about me ten years from now. And I let my wife wither on the vine. I constantly have to realign myself with that because I have a genuine burden for souls. I'm just, I'm just picking on myself. But some of you work three jobs and you've never thrown the ball with your boy. And you need to knock it off and you wonder why he ain't serving God and you ain't able to throw ball. He's after you. Dad, you play, play baseball with me. Are you so stuck in pornography? So worried about making the almighty dollar? Yeah, it is almighty to you. You're trying to become great. No, I'm just going to get something so my son's provided for. Provision is more than just giving money. Provision is, is a spiritual provision was talking to a father uh, not long ago and was, was, was talking to them. And I said, well, you know, we were through divorce. So really the mom who had the, the you know, the, the mother who had custody, she's responsible for teaching them all that. I said, what? Oh, so you're just a donor? You don't want to come get counseling from me. I said that first, sir. Uh, actually, God's given me a gift, and if you need counseling, we're happy to help you. But some people need it like that. Uh, you're shirking your responsibility as a man of God. Stop. Okay, well, you have it done right up to this point. We'll do right now. The Lord wants us to be good and to be faithful and to be servants. You've been faithful in the little things. Don't let little things be something that trips you up and you get all messed up because it's all small right now. It might be small right now, but if you're faithful and you're good and you're a servant, small will become great, will become large, even maybe ministry impact. But be faithful in what God has called you to do. Do it. Be a faithful husband. Be a good, faithful servant husband. Be a good, faithful servant wife. Be a good, faithful servant daughter, son man of God, woman of God. And God will use that in the end and you will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Align yourself. Get the plumb line of God's Word out and find out, are you actually being successful today? Are you really being successful? Are you really? Are you playing some some pathetic Christianity game that never is going to change anything and you're dry and you're weary down in the city of your soul and you're wondering where God is and all along He's telling you, live for me. Turn off the TV. Put away the pornography. Put up your idolatry. Come after me, says God, and I will show you great and mighty things. Don't be seduced by secular humanism. It'll suck you aside to try to teach you what real success is. Real success, real victory, real wealth comes from God. And it comes from hearing, well done, good, and faithful servant. D.L. Moody was, and I'm I'm ending. It's my first ending. D.L. Moody was asked by a pastor... The only mega church in, in, in Chicago. He was asked by the pastor, a, a pastor of a small church. He said, how, how can I make my church 
large like yours. D.L. Moody said to him with great wisdom, how large is your church? He says, it's a hundred people. He says, well, I reckon that that ought to be enough to stand before God on the day of judgment. Quit belly aching about how it's supposed to be bigger. God should hurry up. He's an on-time God. My God's an on-time God. He ain't ever late. Ever, ever. I notice he's never early either. He's an on-time God. My God's an on-time God. helping me to be good he's helping me to be faithful he's helping me to serve i want to hear i want to hear that more than anything else and you've got to bring yourself back to the ancient path of what real success is come on somebody say amen what real greatness is It's an invitation from God to become great. And it's within your grasp. But it's nothing the world says is great. Would you stand up on your feet today? Worship team, would you come? For the sake of finishing that verse, I will make you ruler talks about the age to come. If you're, fa- if you're good and you're faithful and you're a servant here, God will elevate you. There's no doubt in this age. But I'll make you ruler. Even Luke 19 talks about being ruler over cities, ten cities to the faithful one. It talks about the age to come. You're in an internship. You're passing through. You're a pilgrim. You're passing through this land. You and I are passing through. This is not it. This is not the big show. This is training. This is internship time. And you will graduate one day. You'll make your ruler enter into the joy. There's great joy in serving God. There's rewards. Did you know that? There's rewards for those who are who follow through. Those who are good and faithful and and and, and servants. There's rewards. There's a whole reward system. And I'm not sure how it all works, and I'm in the midst of studying it, honestly. But it seems that those who are good and faithful and servant, those who follow through, who die to their self, who pick up their cross daily, those who obey the Word, it seems that they get rewarded by being closer to the throne. That's what it looks like to me. That's what it looks like. And there is a suffering loss. What does that mean? Suffer loss. You're in heaven, but you suffer loss. I don't know. I just know one thing. I want God to use all of me. And I repent. I repent to you as your pastor for at times having a worldly mindset about things in the past. I'm, so has that affected us? It might have. I'm going to tell you the greatest thing you have is your relationship with Jesus. And if you don't have that, you need to get one. Becoming like God. Becoming like Jesus. And money will burn. Things will, things will be set on fire. Wood, hay, and stubble, it'll all burn. All of it. 
Is that real to you? It's real to me today. It's crazy. And in about three weeks, I'll have to remind myself, it's crazy. Jesus, help us. Every head bowed, every eye closed all across this place. If you're not right with God tonight, today, if you're not right with God this morning, you want to get right with Him for the first time, or you want to make a recommitment. In other words, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, I implore you, I plead with you, to give your heart to God today. Confess your sin to Him. Ask Him to forgive you, cleanse you. Ask Him to be your Lord and Savior. Now, maybe you prayed that prayer years ago, but you know you're not right with God. you got one foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom. That's a hard way to live, sir, brother, ma'am. That's a hard way to live. And you need to recommit your life to the Lord. If that's you, you need to recommit. Maybe you were at a camp when you were a kid and you gave your heart to Jesus, but you know full well today, this morning, that if you were to die, you're not sure whether you'd go to heaven. You had not been living for God. You need to be sure. You can be sure. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or, or the second call today is that you want to re- make a recommitment to Him. You want to sell the farm. You want to live for God. Get your foot out of the world. And put it two feet in the kingdom. Begin to live for Him with everything you got. If that's you, on the count of three, if that's you, on the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up. One more. Third call is this. If you're, not, if you're just not sure and you want to be sure of your salvation, on the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up. Again. First, you're going to raise your hand if you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. You're going to raise your hand if you want to recommit to Jesus, recommit to God. Or number three, you just want to be assured of your salvation all across this place. People praying. If that's you, on the count of three, slip your hand up. One, two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. Anybody else on this side? You want to get right with God? Want to recommit your life? You just want to be assured of your salvation? All right, if you meant business with God, we never want to embarrass anybody. But if you meant business with God, boldly come right now. Just come. We're going to pray all together. Come on. Come on, people are coming. Come on, just come right to the front right here. Come on. Come on. Come on, come to Jesus today. Come to Jesus today. Come on, just come right up front. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Let's all pray this right out loud. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray now for these who have given their hearts to you, Lord. Those who are on the web stream. Those who might have stayed in their seats even, God. You'd fill them. You're the one write our names in the Lamb's book of life. Bless them. Fill them. Give them a hunger for the Word. Break every bondage, every curse. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift your voice and thank Him. Thank Him right out loud. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, just thank Him. Come on, where would you be without God? Just thank Him right out loud. 
that are around you they're going to help you grow in the things of God congregation align yourself with what real success is how to become great do it God's way love Him be good be faithful be a servant as far as impact just leave the results with Him dream big just don't let your dream become an idol See how close you can get, how deep you can go in God. See how close you can get to Jesus in prayer, in character, integrity. See, press, press in. It's worth it. The Bible says at His right hand there's pleasures forevermore. His throne is the epicenter of joy and pleasure. And when you go after God, you'll experience it. He's what you're looking for. Oh, He's what you're looking for. Yes, He is. He's what you're looking for. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All on the ground of sinking sand. I'm Christ on solid rock. I'll stand. He's what you're looking for. Come on. He's what you're looking for. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Come on. He's what you're looking for. Go deep in God. Go deep in God. Let go of those things. Let go of those temporal things. Come on, make a commitment right now at the close of this service. Go deep in God. Go deep in God. Lord, free us from secular mindsets. Free us from the worldly point of view. Lord, align us, God, by the power of Your Spirit as we renew our minds today to become great, to become successful the way that You say it. Lord, like You. We want to become like You in word and in deed. Greater works will You do than these. Lord, we want to be like that. We want to have a sterling, Christ-like character to keep our word, to stand in the face of opposition, to stand in the world, a, a pig pen of a world, to stand, standing clean and pure and holy, blameless, lifting up holy hands and lifting up our voices before You, making intercession, knowing that peals of thunder and lightning You'll release from heaven in answer to our prayers. Thank You, God, for all that You're doing. You're wonderful. You're awesome. We bless Your name. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Come on, give a hallelujah to God. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Try it again. One more time. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Take someone by the hand this morning. So glad you came. Do not miss tonight. Got a powerful word to preach to you. Don't miss it. Praise the Lord. Next week, we have one of the nation's great pastors. You don't want to miss it. Mike Ware. Let me bless you as we close. Thank you for what you did today. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance unto them. Be gracious to them. Keep them. And give them peace. In Jesus' holy and precious name. And all of the saints said, Amen. God bless you. We hope to see you tonight.